Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, Salt Lake City, Utah, or just north of Salt Lake, joined by the chairman. North Salt Lake City. North Salt Lake City. They call it North Salt Lake. Not the Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> chairman, how are we doing today? We're doing good. Hey, good to be with you. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, the last podcast we did was you and Spencer talking about Warren Buffett. And we're six months, a little over six months into the year. And so what we want to do today is do a six-month check-in in the market and talk about psychology, talk about the so-called experts, how they're doing this year, and uh, and how psychology plays a role in investing. It plays a big role, a, a huge role in, in investing and success investing. And I think a lot of times people don't put that much uh emphasis or don't give it that much credit but it really is uh very important very very important let's talk about let's let's talk about that psychology after we do a market update Mar the s p 500 this is nuts today and i just checked it is trading at 44.58 okay to put that in context well let's talk about the 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 returns so far this year the s p is up 15%. The NASDAQ is up 38%. And corporate bonds, 2.5%. Your favorite. So, and I keep reminding people of this. This is, this is the psychology. If you were scared out of the market last year and you bought corporate bonds or treasuries, you're up 2.5%. Versus the market, S&P, which is up 15. Don't get scared. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the lesson there. But let's, let's talk about the market being at 44.58. Because we've noticed, we've noticed that retail investors, which we'll say our clients and our friends, are becoming more and more bullish. Like, What have you experienced to make you say, that retail investors, clients, friends are becoming more and more bullish. Well, like what's what's happening around here? We've both had several phone calls the last couple of weeks. Uh, clients uh, telling us, "Hey, I got a little money. Uh, if you got some ideas to yep. to invest, you know, they got a little money they want to put in the market." What's interesting is a year ago, six months ago, those calls weren't coming in. Uh, very often we know we did there was a few there's a few there was a few and and some you know look our clients are fantastic great. they're great and yeah. we had a, a lot of clients last year put money to work which they're being rewarded for we also had a lot of clients that said uh, i want to wait until the dust settles and they may not have been saying that exact phrase but pretty close right and that so they wanted to wait to, to invest that cash I think the attitude last last year. I mean, it's it's normal. We're not being we're not trying to criticize. It's it's just normal behavior. It is normal behavior that when markets are down. In fact, one of the common things we hear from clients is they just quit looking at it. They don't want to look at it. It's too hard to look at. And in fact, we've heard that up 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 until just recently this year, clients would tell us, "Yeah, we just didn't want to look at it because last year was such a difficult year," which it was. Um, it's it terrible, but now um, it's a little bit. It's been a f the f the switch has been flipped, and people are 
maybe eager to look at it and, oh, you know, hey, I want to put some money in the market. Yeah, which is great. Better better a little bit late. And, and here's the difference. Great returns occur when there's fear yeah. last fall. October, November, December, you invest at that time frame when fear is at its peak, you will have great returns. If you invest now, expectations, you'll have good returns. Yeah. You won't have those outsized returns that you could have had. Right. But it'll still be good. Yeah, especially when you think about long term. We're thinking three, five years from now. And we still apply our process as far as when we buy stocks, when we think they make sense, when they're selling below intrinsic value. It's, it's a little bit more challenging right now to find companies that are selling below intrinsic value. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's more difficult. If we go back six months, even a year ago, we had a lot more companies that were in our buy range than we do right now. Yep. The, the cash was put to work a little bit quicker. So that's the retail side. That's what clients, friends, um, the retail investor is doing. They're more bullish. The institutional investor, and this is what's crazy. The institutional investor, the so-called experts, the professionals, the one that the people that do this for a living, this is how they make their income. Institutional professionals, yes. Those individuals, if you watch the CNBC, those financial porn networks, yeah, they're still very pessimistic. Right. They say we're we're they they talk about these things. Okay. They talk about the debt ceiling, which is no longer talked about, but what was talked about. They talked about inflation. They talk about the Fed continuing to raise interest rates. They'll talk about China, Russia, the dollar losing its reserve currency status, which is just scaring a lot of people into gold, which it has for the last 50 years. The market's driven by only seven stocks. The breadth is very bad. We can't invest if the breadth is that bad. Mm -hmm. That's a few of the things that they're nervous about. Right. Are you nervous about those things? I don't really spend a whole lot of time wasting my energy thinking about those those sorts of things. Because I don't think ultimately they really they matter. Okay. What matters is by explain that to me though. Let me give you an example. The dollar lose reserve currency status. That's silly. What does that do That's to Apple? It does nothing, but it's a silly, it's a silly thought because it's not going to happen probably in our lifetime. I mean, it, let's just, say it does. Let's say it does. How does that impact Apple? I don't think it does. I don't think that it, it's not going to affect iPhone sales, you know? Um, I guess that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. It's, it's, it, here, here's one of my favorite quotes by Sir John Templeton. Katie and I were just reciting this, right? She said, I've heard this several times before, which is bull markets are born on pessimism. They grow on skepticism. Like if you think about the pessimism and, and the skepticism that exists right now, especially in institutional investors, mm -hmm. that's where most of the money is, by the way. It's not retail investors. It's institutional investors. There's so much skepticism right now. Yeah. That's how bull markets are born. Right. It cl we climb a wall of worry. Markets mature on optimism and die on euphoria, yep. to round out that quote. Yep. So let's talk about the pessimism in the market. When we started the year, there were, um, there were two favorite sectors of the so-called experts. Those were energy and consumer staples. 
And the two least favorite for the experts were technology and discretionary. It's okay. interesting that the two favorite sectors going into going into the year, yeah. going into 2023, were the two sectors that did reasonably well last year, relatively well last year. And that just continued on, which is typical human behavior. It's called recency bias. Yeah. You look at what's done well recently and you project out in the future that, oh, that will continue to do well. I remember in the late 90s, people wanted to buy dot-com stocks because in the late 90s, they were just booming. And so they wanted to buy more of those going into the year 2000 and so on. Yeah. And uh, it's recency bias because they were going up. So they wanted to buy. They want to buy what's going up. And if you have a process like we do, the two least liked sectors coming into 2023 were the worst performing in 2022. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That's where all the bargains are. And so if you have a process like we do at IronGate, guess what we're buying in 2022? We're buying tech and we're buying discretionary. The we're not chasing energy. Yeah. And we're just sticking to our process. And it's, uh, we just felt like the, we, we liked the companies we, we owned going into 2022. And we continue to like almost all of them going into 2023. Some of them, it's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. But we don't. <laughs> so, so energy this year, the favorite sector of the experts, down 6.5%. Yeah. Staples, consumer staples. Your toilet paper, your toothpaste, all that kind of stuff, down one and a half percent. Technology, the least liked sector coming into 2023, up 37%. Yeah. Discretionary, up 28%. <laughs> Just don't follow the herd. Have it, a process and stick with it. Often it pays to be a contrarian, to do the opposite of the crowd. And when everybody's running after a certain sector, it usually pays to look elsewhere Yep, because that will be tomorrow's winner. If you're chasing the crowd, that was yesterday's winner. You want to look at, you want to look forward and say, Hey, what are the, what are the companies that are going to be doing well, uh, tomorrow or six months from now or a year from now? You, that's the thing about investing is it's, you're really better off <laughs> looking forward and not in your rearview mirror. And unfortunately, most investors are looking in their rearview mirror and saying, oh, what, what did well yesterday or what's doing well right now and want to buy those stocks? Yeah. What's really popular right now is what? What's the... what's the, the a AI. AI, artificial intelligence, AI. Yeah. Everybody's chasing after AI. And well, yeah, keep going. I mean, I, I think there it's, it's going to be... And I think... AI is a re is real, and I think it will be very disruptive and and uh, could change the world. I think in the way we do things, and and uh, but people are chasing after AI. It reminds me of the dot com a little bit. The chasing that we saw there. We feel like we're really well positioned in AI with the co you know companies yeah. we own. Uh, but we own these, we've owned all those companies we feel really good about in AI. We've owned them for the last five, 10 years. And we bought more last year. I had a client text me yesterday, yesterday, and say, hey, 
what are the best AI stocks? Do we have any? And I said, yeah, you already own them. Microsoft, Google, Meta. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. I'm sure Apple. Oh, yeah. They're always a little late to enter, but they always capitalize on it. Yeah. NVIDIA, probably the one we don't own across the board. I'm, I've heard Google talk about AI, artificial intelligence, for the last 10 years. I mean, no. they've been talking about it. And I think just went in one ear and out the other for most people, including myself to some degree, until recently. And you then you saw some of the amazing things that AI is capable of. And you thought, wow, this is, this is incredible. Yeah. But Google's been investing in AI for a long, long time. Microsoft's been investing. Meta has. When I've listened to conference calls from Meta, they keep talking about AI, AI and nobody, I think, really understood until recently what AI is capable of. And now everybody's listening and think and thinks they have to jump and in. Just the tip of the iceberg. And they're and they're chasing now. Now they're chasing. Guess what? Here's the beautiful thing about that. They're chasing the stocks that we already own. <laughs> we already own. But we That's but we've right. owned but we've owned we've for the last for five, time. ten years. I mean and, a lot of yeah. And this goes back to great returns. Right? When do great returns come? It's when you find a stock that everybody hates that you buy because it's a great business and it's the most hated company in the world. And then a year, two years later, everybody is racing to buy that same stock. Yeah. That's what happens with great returns. That's when you, that's when you can get those, like you said, unbelievable returns. Uh, if you're buying something at fair value, fair price, you're going to get a good return. A, a fair return, yeah. Not 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 necessarily to get a bad return, yeah. um, but when you buy something at a steep discount to its value, and that usually happens when the stock or the company's misunderstood, and people, other investors, have sold it because they don't understand, or maybe there's some near-term uncertainty. Uh, generally, that's when you buy. You you're able you're able to buy an asset when it's it's selling at a deep discount. Yep. Uh, as we told, as we told many people last year, you prepare for the next bull market during the bear market. That's and, where those great returns come from. And we do that in a pretty simple way. And and the the simple way we do that is we just buy the best businesses in the world. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to when do. They're on is, sale. is trying to buy, buy the best because good things happen to good businesses over time, and. The other thing that have the other thing that can contribute to good things happen is you have to be, you have to own it. You have to be in it. You have it's. We talked about the other day, a, a fisherman that's going to be out fishing. If he doesn't have his bait in the water, he's not going to catch fish. He's just not. It's just not going to happen. So if you're in and out of the market, trying to time the market and get in and out of stocks, and if you're not in. You're you're gonna miss out on all how many times have I been fishing, Brian, to where the dude beside me is just reeling them in, <laughs> and I've changed my lure like twelve times, <laughs> and I get nothing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. All right, let's let's end on this because this is fascinating. We had a at the beginning of the year we said, hey, anybody out there, let's have a let's have a kind of a guessing game. Where's the S&P 500 going to end at the end of the year? And so clients and other people gave their, their pick. 
and I'm not going to tell you who's winning right now, but I'll tell you the average client pick on the S&P 500 was 41.72. So we're trading at 44.50 right now. Average client was 44 or 41.72. Average expert, okay? Meaning those that are supposed to know. The professionals. The professionals. Average was 40.80. So just, just under 4,100. Just under 4,100. 4,080, yeah. Um, what we're starting to see right now, which is what happens at the beginning of every bull market, is you're starting to see people change their price targets. City just went from 38 to 42. B of A just went from 4,000 to 4,300. RBC, 39 to 4,250. So now they're trying to play catch up. Which, what's the reality of all those numbers in a one-year time frame, Brian? Well, I just, I had this thought. Okay, talk to me. Okay, let's play darts. I like this. We're throwing darts over here. We're throwing, throw it to the, throw it to the gate. Yeah. Our dart goes clear off the side. Now we're painting our, our uh, target around where, where we land. You know, that's basically what these guys are doing yeah. is they're, they're, Throwing the dart, they missed and say, okay, now we're going to change, you know, we're going to paint the target over here. I mean, I'm looking at Barclays. 3,700 was their price target, which tells you price targets are like it's fun to have a fun competition with a reward, but it's useless. But that, that's why we did it. I mean, that's why we did it. it to have price, fun with just, just to have fun. Yeah. Be because we know it's just really, it emphasizes that predictions are what's our famous saying that we're the same we love you know we say all the time nobody knows nothing nobody knows nothing you know who knows something though our internal poll sherry hunsaker if you're listening i like where you're getting she's at 4600 i like where she's you at like that. <laughs> yeah i'm a little higher than that yeah <laughs> maybe a lot higher than that that's good uh, but i like where she's at yeah she might win her office pool anyway um, you're going to start seeing, folks, as the retail investor is more bullish, you're going to start seeing, and I'm seeing it on the cover of Barron's, this bull market has legs to run. Yeah. Well, where were you six right. months ago? Yeah. Right? You're going to start seeing the institutional investors and network TV and articles become more bullish. That's how bull markets go. They're born on skepticism. They grow. They're born on, on pessimism. They grow on skepticism. That's where we are right now. And then the bull market will continue to go as everybody starts chasing what all of you are already in. Yeah. Which is a great feeling. I think the reason we're having this conversation is really when we're trying to help and educate our clients, understand what works, what doesn't work, and also to just communicate how we're thinking about the market. I get comments from clients regularly. They like our podcast. But one of the things they like about it is they 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 can get inside of our brain and think and understand yeah. how we're thinking about the market, and know our thought process. And I think that's important for clients to understand. But it's also we're trying to help clients be successful as investors, and not make the mistakes that the average retail investor, even professional investor, professional, makes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even the professional investors are just they they. Like we said, nobody knows nothing, including the professionals generally. Yep. And we want you to be successful. And this is why we do these podcasts. And we're trying to help you understand what works and what doesn't. And, beha and behavior 
uh, is really, really important. The psychology in investing is so important. And uh, so that's why we do it. Find your process, stick with it. Two last things. If you do have money that you still want to invest because the dust is starting to settle, look, send it our way. We'll put it to work based on our process. It might not all be overnight, certainly, but we'll we'll follow the process for it. Well, and the other, I would just comment that there are things that we think make sense right today, even today to put money to work. And so it's, it's, but when it's not, there's not that many great opportunities like we saw last year. Agreed. And a good opportunity might come next week. You just never know. You never know. Right? So you got to be ready. The second thing is if you have any friends or family that, that can benefit from Iron Gate Services, hey, we're looking to grow. Um, we appreciate any referrals uh, that you may send. So send those friends our contact information. Have them reach out or, or you introduce us. That would be great too. So with that, my friends, here's to a great year. Knock on concrete. That it continues, who knows, but I'm optimistic. Chairman, it's been fun. It has been fun. Let me. Can I make one last comment? You're the chairman. Okay. <laughs> when you said, uh, talking about referrals, I mean, that's really how our business has grown over the last 20 plus years, 30 years, is really through referrals. We we don't do advertising. This is it. This is it. It's in our business. So when I started Iron Gate, it was about ten million dollars in assets that we were managing, and we've grown over that time frame to over six hundred million or in that yeah, neighborhood. Seven, and that's know. all been through referrals from from clients. Yeah. So that's how we that's how we've been able to grow and and uh, just through client word and, the, and uh, yep. So we appreciate it. Yep. Amen, brother. Until next time. Bye now. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.